When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Top of the charts Tuesday. That's when Patrick plays jams. They reached the top of the Billboard charts on this day in history. And, man, this was the perfect song for this moment that, that we are experiencing right now. Because outside, it's a very kind of melancholy feel. To, you know what I mean? It's, it's obviously uh, just got done raining, so it's a little dark. I think there may be some uh, more rain expected a little bit later on tonight, somewhere around there. And uh, man, this is a perfect song for the, for the moment. Now, Patrick, I'll give you props, brother. DJing the moment. I don't know if you chose this ahead of time or you felt the moment like me. It was like, you know what? This is the song that will be appropriate here. But which, which one was it? it? So this was one that was in a selection of songs I could play for today. Okay, but you were feeling the moment. Feeling the moment. See? There you go. Well, I, I, well I, it I also it means that... We were off yesterday, and we're reunited <laughs> once again. <laughs> one day off. We, oh, that's a good theme. That's a, another one. We are reunited today. And you know what? Maybe that's why I was feeling hard. Maybe that's why your boy was all in his feelings just now. He was like, was man, this is great. This is great. It really was. It was like, oh, that's a perfect song for the moment. You know when you're trying to, like, impress us, you know, your significant other, yeah. trying to make the mood right? Yeah. It's like, Patrick just set the mood on us right I'm in there. there. I'm in there. And, you, and you're right. Maybe that's what he was Maybe thinking Maybe what too. it was. Reunited. Man. Glad to be back And with it feels you so good. you damn right it feels good. <laughs> uh, all right. Thanks to Patrick. Always doing a great job DJing a Top of the Charts Tuesday. You can be a part of the show. Uh, we missed you guys, of course. So uh, gl- glad to be back. Uh, you can be a part of the show. Most important part of it. On the Specs text line, 512-337-3776. You also can do it via Twitter. Hardball Harge is at Hardball Harge. In the Twitterverse, Patrick Davis at It's Patrick Davis. I'm at Rod Davis in the Twitterverse. We're off a little bit early today. I think we offer a little bit earlier today at 615 for Texas baseball. Hard's actually going to be helping Craig way out there on the call of Texas baseball versus UTA, you said, correct? That's right. That's right. Uh, Is UTA pretty good? They're decent. They're decent. Decent? Yeah, they're decent. Well, it's, you know, like anything else, it's baseball. So that's how you, baseball goes. That's how baseball goes. You better go out there and handle your business uh, when no it's doubt. time to handle your business. Yeah, this is not the time in the season nope. to have lapses and regressions. Um, yep. As a program, you want to you want to be peaking at the right time. You definitely have to. And be this is a, this, this is around the time that Texas baseball should be peaking. So uh, mm-hmm. they did come off a win this past weekend over Kansas. Uh, they got a game. Won tonight. the series against. Won Kansas. the series. Against Kansas. Right. Thank you very much. Uh, sorry yeah. about that. Yeah, you can't just say won a game. Won the series. Won the series. And uh, they have a game tonight versus UTA. Okay, mm-hmm. let's talk Texas football, gentlemen. Go behind the burnt orange curtain here, because we try not to 
sell people on drinking the Kool-Aid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I think I have been in this business a while, and I think I do a, a pretty good job of trying to prevent Longhorns from getting just wasted on burnt orange Kool-Aid before the season, and then they go into the season, and what, even, how many times have you been wasted and you regret it with that hangover? Oh, man, it's the worst feeling the next yeah, day. Yeah, you're like, why was you that had, so irresponsible? I thought I had a great time last night. And, it's like, and then you realize, no, I didn't. <laughs> no, you didn't. Right. You just, oh, yeah, you yeah, just, you, you know, overindulged. You overindulged, and yeah, you yeah. might have made some mistakes. You, you're right? trash-talking opponents like six weeks down the road, <laughs> and then you're like, I got to take that. I got to walk that back a little bit <laughs> exactly. before we get that game. There you go. You talk about irresponsible consumption. So we we try to make sure that Longhorn fans are responsible yep. in their Kool Aid consumption Absolutely. throughout the off season. But and then Kim Kardashian, Nicki Minaj, Serena Williams size, Cardi B size, Megan the Stallion size. But we do present you with stories, mm-hmm. national stories about what people you know say about the Longhorns and their perception of Longhorns, their projections, prognostications about the Longhorns. Yep, and. I got to tell you, some of the ones that are coming in, Harge, <laughs> the national media are drinking the Kool-Aid. Oh, man. They're are drinking. they ever? We here close to home, just like nationally, they were talking about there's a competition between Quinn Hughes and Arch Manning. We all knew. We knew better. All right. You know, close to the program. All right. That's just clickbait. Mm-hmm. All right, that, I don't know what the hell. They don't know what the hell they're talking about. They just want to put an Arch Manning and a Quinn Ewers in the same storyline. All right. But recently, and let's, go, let's start with DraftKings. Yep. All right. I started DraftKings because they put out their win totals. These national pundits and these some of these prognosticators projections have Texas, you know, as a a team that could end up making a move in 2023. Uh, the DraftKings win over under for Texas has them at nine and a half wins, Harge. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially, you know, you're talking about it basically has got them at 10 and two. If you want to round it up, and that would mean, in my opinion, they would have a big 12 championship appearance. Um, so it, it, it now maybe they don't, but if you can get double digit wins, which is kind of my goal for Steve Sharkeesian this season, I think you're going to be in the big 12 championship game. I don't know if you're going to win it, but I think you'll get yourself a, an appearance in a Big 12 championship game. Uh, and then, by the way, this is a new look Big 12. Don't forget about that. All right. You, oh, you, right. you got U of H. You got Cincinnati. BYU. BYU. Yeah, you got it's a new look yeah. Big 12 this year, too. UCF. Yes, no yep. doubt. Yep. Uh, nine and a half wins, Harge. You like to, uh, every now and then, you place a wager or two. Uh-huh. What would you place on the over-under Texas football nine-and-a-half wins? We going over or you going under? Well, I love the fact of how you always bring up the point that we try to temper expectations around here because we've all been fooled by it. We've mm-hmm. all walked around with our burnt orange goggles. We've sipped the Kool-Aid. We've tried every angle and looked at every record and said, this is the year. This is this is where Texas should be at this point. I've been to Las Vegas early, and I've been to New Orleans early, where I've walked around and I've looked at that sheet for a long time, and I'm trying to break down games. Mm-hmm. I got the games on this hand, and I've got that sheet on the other hand. <laughs> and for years, I've been chasing it. Three years in a row, I put big money down big money. on the over. Mm-hmm. Last year. Was one of the times what that was, I was where was I was it? sitting there looking at that over and saying it was nine. Oh, yeah. It was, no, actually, it was eight and a half. It, it was, was eight, eight and, and a half. half. 
So we're a full game now. We're at another full game now. Eight and a half. And think oh, about it. How do they know? That's why those, they build those casinos. That's why they build those casinos. Damn, because they run those simulations. They run those numbers, man. They run the numbers they and it. they look at it. But then to your point of what you've talked about, when you look at the sideline, who's who's calling the shots? Or is he ready to take that next step to be one of the best coaches out there? Hmm. That is the question. I think I'm taking the over. I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. Good for you. I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. I believe in Coach Steve. I'm going to call him Coach Sark. I'm going to call him. You're sipping. Yeah. That doesn't mean you ain't got to. But I think I put a little bit of a vodka in there. I've got, <laughs> just in case. Just in case things aren't going the oh, way I want. adult Kool-Aid? I have the adult this is Kool-Aid. This yeah. Kool-Aid here. Yeah, this is that one. It's not that flavor aid. I'm uh, really drinking. I'm drinking the Kool-Aid, number one. Number two, the reason why, if you look at all the national pundits and you look at how it's being brought down by everybody, you look at what Pro Football Focus says about a Quinn yours in the draft. You look at what they say about X-Men. You look at who they've transferred in and the fact that they may only go after one or two more players in the transfer portal when it opens back up. Because you know why? If they have room. Because they don't. Because they they're full. Have, they're yeah, good. They might not have room because they need somebody to leave. They, they need guys to leave. They lead. need guys to leave. And everybody's like, no, nah, I'm, I'm good right here. Malik Murphy's like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm saying. I'm so <laughs> when you look at that and you look at how this season and the league looks, you got to drink the Kool-Aid. Uh, I'm with you. And I think ultimately from what we are seeing in the roster construction with this team, we played the sound from Urban Meyer at the Mullet Open mm-hmm. uh, last week when Urban Meyer says, you know, Texas may have the best, I'm paraphrasing, may have the best roster in all of college football. Mm-hmm. Like they're in that kind of conversation. Got to give Sark and his coaches staff a ton of credit. And also BMDs, BMDs. big money donors. Yep. Shout out to y'all and what y'all have done with NIL and the Pancake Factory and all that kind of stuff. So I think Texas is uh, in a really good spot. But also, you know, with the ranking of the you talk about the wide receiver room on three, just going by on three, but I'm sure there are other rankings as well. They got Texas wide receiver room as the number three, sorry, number two wide receiver room in the country. They got their quarterback room as the number three quarterback room in the country. Mm-hmm. They got their offensive line, which we'll get into a little bit later, as the top five offensive line, number five offensive line. Tight ends, they got Texas tight end room as number three. So they basically got you at every now running back, they don't have them ranked, and that's understandable. You lost two NFL running backs. Uh, but they basically have your your passing game, essentially your passing game. If Quinn Ewers is going to be the guy, it's ranked as one of the top five most lethal passing games in all of college football. Yes. That's what that's what the rankings yep. would would tell you, or at least that's what they would project, I should say. So there are two things that really could derail Texas, because I think the defense is going to be pretty good too. Yep. You return a lot of pieces on defense. You got a lot coming back. Got Jalen Ford, really good player. Most of your secondary returns. Continuity with the coaching yep. staff. Anthony Cook and Deshaun James, you got to replace. D-line, Keandre Colburn, and more Ojmo. But, and, and DeMarvion Overshawn, of course. Overshawn, yeah. um, but you might have the deepest interior D-line in the country last year, and you just brought up ch- coaching continuity, which Texas yep. has not had in uh, decades. Yes. <laughs> this, Long this type time. of stability yes, right. at the coaching, uh, right. in the coaching ranks. So there are two things we agree that can kind of deter Texas right now that can really derail this thing, I should say. The quarterback underachieving and the head coach not winning the chess match within the game. Mm -hmm. 
right? Because uh-huh. essentially last year, you could have, I mean, Texas could have been a double-digit win team last year. I know that sounds crazy to people, but, I mean, the truth is, if, and, and I'll give Sark a ton of credit because I do think when your starting quarterback goes down with an injury in the Bama game, that's, that's a shell shock. I mean, that, that, it, it, he still is, almost coached that team to a win over Alabama, one of the best teams in the country, with a defending Heisman Trophy winner going up against the GOAT. So yeah. that is a game where I don't know if there's much more Sark could have done to give his team an advantage to help them win that game. And I'll say the same. I know it sounds crazy. In the, the, really, I think after that, you're talking about the Tech loss, the Oklahoma State loss, the TCU loss, and the Washington loss. Those are losses where one or two of those games, Sark's got to find a way to give his team a coaching schematic advantage to pull out those to pull out a win. Yep. Now, in, in, and in each of those games, we can all point – I can point out you know, statistically, I have it in my notes, or just tactically, schematically, where Sark uh, underachieved or failed to give his team that type of schematic, tactical, strategic advantage in those games. Those are the games you got to find. If you want to get to double digit wins, you got to find a way to win. The Bama game, I'll, I'll, I'll put that aside. I yep, think, yep. I think they That's did a, as much as they could in that yep, Bama game, even yep. though you still got to win. I mean, you don't get there's no moral victories. None, you don't get points for none, trying hard. None. We don't. We're done with that. All right, the standard is higher than that. But why that Washington game, the bowl game, the TCU mm-hmm. game, Oklahoma State game, the Tech game, those those games were close enough. You got to find a way to pull it out. That's the difference between you being a coach that's win that's won fifty six percent of his games and a coach that wins at least sixty percent of the games. And that's a right now a very thin line between you being a a above average coach right. to you starting to be a good to a great coach. And that's what this season is about. Steve Sarkeesian going from being an above average coach, which he is right now. Won fifty five to fifty six percent of his games to being a good to a great coach. Right. And being a good to a great coach, you win two of those games. Hello. That Washington, TCU, Oklahoma State, Tech game, or the Bama game. You pull out half mm-hmm. of those. You win half of those. And then you get your team to double digit wins. You're gonna lose games. Everybody does. Going undefeated is very, very rare. It doesn't happen a lot. But you got to find – Oklahoma State was – we all remember the Oklahoma State team, Harch. They were on their last they, leg. They, they, were, they, they were dying of slow death. in. That's right. And you let them beat you. They were yep. dying. After yep. that, they died. Yep. They withered away right after they beat Texas. Gave everything they had. They were like, whew. That downward spiral should have started with Texas. Yep. Agreed. Right? That, uh, Agreed. That Tech game – Man, you, you let you, him off the hook. You let Joey McGuire let him off the hook. Yeah, you let you basically let Joey McGuire as a riverboat gambler just kind of play the odds and beat you at the game of you know this basically the game of high high stakes poker mm-hmm. when he went for it all those times on fourth down. Sometimes you gotta your feel for the game as a coach. You gotta play the man and not the hand. You gotta realize, oh, this dude is wilding out here. Yep. Okay, you know what? I gotta I gotta match him. He's gonna be if he's gonna be that you know if he's gonna be that much of a riverboat gambler. And take that many chances, I might have to match him in the way I coach in my coaching style. Correct. And I, I didn't see enough of that in that game. So this is all about his transformation this season because even he admits there are no holes on my roster. Right. He said that. He said it. Those are his his words. And I love this. Looks more like my team. Good. They're walking. Damn They're right. talking. They're carrying themselves. Mm-hmm. I feel comfortable about this. I mean, yep. There's nothing else that you can ask for. Agreed. Like you said, it's. I've heard Bucky and Aaron talk about this. Hashtag all gas, no excuses. He's this right. is the no excuses tour right now. And they need to go out there and perform at a very, very high level, which I think they can. I mean, on paper, we've all talked about it. 
but we've also done a good job of tempering everybody's mm. expectations. Well, now we don't. We're not mm. doing that anymore. It's expected. You walk those locker rooms. You've been in them hallways. You know what the expectation. And ten and two, ten and two at this stage, mm-hmm. where you you it's wide open. You got the most experienced team left here. Yeah, you got to step up and get to that. You need to and and those guys in that locker room. That's they should expect nothing less. Mm-hmm. What did Jordan Whittington say? That's the reason why I came back here. I felt like I had some unfinished business, and it's to play and win a Big 12 championship. Let's see it now. Agreed. Let's yeah. see it now. Uh, so I, I'm excited. I think, the, and, and by the way, Sark is not hiding away from or trying to temper mm-hmm. expectations. He believes his team is good, and I think he's you know, right now embracing the expectations, and he should because right? right. at Texas they're going to – you can't get away from the high expectations. You can't. So you might as well you cannot. relish in it. So that's the that's the latest, but there's also the way too early preseason polls, and obviously it's the, yeah. the way too early, so we're not getting deep into them. Uh, but Texas in those way too early preseason polls, and shout out to, um, I got it from, um, oh, I believe, yeah, Inside Texas actually had a few of these uh, that they, they picked up and they actually – uh, gathered like three or four of them in the way too early preseason poll. So they have a ESPN way too early preseason poll mm-hmm. for Texas um, that has Texas as a uh, top 10 team, the 10th team, 10th in their power mm-hmm. rankings. CBS Sports has Texas number 17, and the Sporting News has Texas number 14. So, I mean, so there's a range there. Yeah. Yeah, but, but, but again, we start looking at it. There's a range and there. And we say – all right, our expectations are this, their expectations is that, and you mix them all mm. together, what's the what's the mm. common what's the common level? Like where do you see this team? If you were to put a, your preseason looking obviously we're not looking all the way across the nation mm. just yet. But when you start looking at the Big 12 and what's coming back and where they look, what are your expectations? The obvious number is putting him them in Oklahoma near the top. You would have to. At least that's would be my expectations. Mm. And I know a lot of people are like, wait, Oklahoma? Oklahoma near the top? Well, they're, mm. they're bringing an experienced quarterback back. They had some skillful players that are there. Mm. They, they, too, are now building that camaraderie with their coaching staff. There wasn't a lot of changes there. The only coach that I would think would be able to compete hard mm. against these guys is Chris Kleiman. Because I think he's probably uh, one of the best coaches, if not the best coach in the Big 12. Yeah, I think Chris Kleiman, if I had to pick a team to win the Big 12 other than Texas, yep. and not that I'm drinking the cooler, I just think Texas has a good chance to win the Big 12 this year. If they don't, they underachieved. Uh, and if they don't compete for the Big 12, I should say they underachieved. But, yeah, I mean, Chris Kleiman and K-State, yeah. there's an argument to be made. They This could have been a double-digit win team in the two years prior right. uh, to them winning the Big 12 title this year. Chris Kleiman, I'm with you, man. I think he is one of the best coaches in the Big 12. And I'm a huge d- fan of his. I do believe if they started Will Howard against Texas, there's a good chance they beat Texas. Yeah. Yeah, we were talking about that. They, it was like, which quarterback are we going to see? Yeah. If they, I, yeah. I think there's a really good chance of that. So, you know, I, I think Texas should have these high expectations. And, you know, some people are saying, you know, Texas um, is overrated like they always are. And maybe Texas Fair. is overrated because they always are picked really high because they know Texas fan, ba- fan uh, base loves the. Uh, to clickbait, mm-hmm. uh, anything about their squad, but 
Steve Sarkeesian has built a hell of a roster. Uh, and that I saw a 247 Sports uh, article, and we talked about this too, 247 Sports, their latest bowl projections. I believe they had Texas in the college football playoff. They had yeah. Michigan, Ohio State, Texas, and Georgia. Um, and I believe they had Texas losing in that semifinal, but they had them in the college football playoff. So I think they're gonna. it's going to be a wide range of projections for Texas. Mm-hmm. I think for Steve Sarkeesian, you know, it's going to be considered a disappointment if he doesn't compete for a Big 12 title. Uh, 100%. I think that's just the— 100%. Yeah. And especially when you walk around and you're talking about how this team reminds me of what I've been looking for. <laughs> this is where we needed to be. we got big humans. We've got skill positions they that, do. that are, are locked up. They're loaded. you got offensive and defensive line that <laughs> is at a very high level. you got a player that we all thought should have been— player of the year on the defensive side of the ball with Jalen Ford there. You've got those linemen that are ready to take that next mm-hmm. step on the defensive side that we're hoping can be high draft picks. And then you look at the secondary, the players that you brought in, Gavin Holmes, you already had Watts on the outside. You talk about Terrence Brooks, and then you look at what uh, we got a chance to see during the offseason with a Keaton Crawford being a jack-of-all-trades, being able to play back. You bring in Jalen Catalan on the defensive secondary. Yeah, this is time. It We're is. tired of watching it. Um, it's, that go, it's go time. It is, it, and um, I think it'll all come back to Sark if they don't meet that expectation. But I think I, right now I'm, I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid necessarily, but I just think ultimately looking at it. Mine and is looking spiked, at the, bro. Huh? Mine is spiked. My, my, I got spiked. You got that Kool-Aid. Spiked Kool-Aid. I do got that uh, spiked. But no, I just think, just looking at it objectively, I think Texas is well, the favorite in the Big Twelve, mm-hmm. and I think Vegas would uh, agree with that. If you looked at all some of the odds, um, all of the pundits as well agree with that too. All right, we'll talk some more Texas football and Rod's round of the day, but also uh, we'll do that in the top of the six o'clock before we're off air. What you got coming up on Hard Knock? We'll talk a little bit about this baseball team. What is needed? Where the standings are? We talked a little bit about it, but tonight there's an opportunity for them to take another step in trying to get themselves ready for a big, big homestand this time. Oh, yeah. A huge step. They yep. got to get on the good foot. No doubt. Uh, is that a dance crew? I was going to say. I don't know if that was Get on the good foot. <laughs> yeah. I will come back. Harsh Knock Live right here on Ball Don't Lie. Wonderful. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Ladies and gentlemen, guys and dolls, the main event of the evening for your entertainment and pleasure. Mike, you have to be so combative. Now, I probably wouldn't say this in front of white folks. But in front of y'all, I'm gonna speak my mind. There's emotional anger issue problem. Hey, are you Dirty Mike and the boys? I'm Mike Lowry. Michael! Oh, that's funny. Michael! Welcome back to a top of the charts to uh, top of the charts Tuesday edition of Ball Don't Lie. It's your boy Hardball Hard. You can follow me on Twitter at Hardball Hard. You can follow my man Rob Babers at Rob Babers. And of course, you can follow the man behind the glass at It's Patrick Davis. We also love it when you're a part of the show. Hit us up on the Specs text line 512 337 3776. And over the weekend, the University of Texas um, won the series against Kansas two to three. I mean, excuse me, two games to one. Um, 
big, big pitching weekend for all of the University of Texas pitchers, but one that stood out was LeBaron Johnson, mm. LBJ, who has been one of the bright spots. The He's been a little up and down, but he's been very consistent with the way that he's gone about his approach. We talked about it early in the year when he pitched against the number one team, LSU, and we all thought each – I came in here and I was like, that's big league stuff. And even Coach Pierce was talking about he. we got a chance to watch him pitch and he delivered mm. big league stuff. Well, then there were some times where he wasn't as consistent with his fastball and and wasn't spotting, and then that also makes you lose a little bit of your split Mm -hmm. finger. Well, this weekend he went out there and pitched one hell of a game, and not only was it one hell of a game, it ended up getting him Big 12 Pitcher of the Week. He struck out a career-high 12 Kansas batters over Mm -hmm. seven innings and holding them to just a single run in his start on Saturday. And the night that we saw him pitch against um, LSU, Coach Pierce had made the, convers- the the mention that maybe we just saw Friday or Saturday uh, night type of things from mm-hmm. him. I thought eventually he was going to go into the bullpen and he was going to be a guy that might be one of the closers uh, throughout the season just because of the way he was going about it. He's big, he's strong, and he has a, a, a strikeout pitch, a yeah. big situational mm-hmm. strikeout pitch with that split finger. He was running the fastball up there, 96, 97 miles an hour, moving it in and out. He was very good on Saturday. Mm-hmm. So the question comes in, you know, because most of the season – it's been Lucas Gordon, Lucas Gordon, Lucas Gordon. And Lucas Gordon still has done a great job, and he's still in a great spot. But for the regular season now, or excuse me, for the Big 12 Conference, LeBaron Johnson has the league-leading ERA of 1.84 ERA. Mm -hmm. He's had 29 innings, 17 uh, hits have been given up, seven runs, but only six of them have been earned. He's gotten, um, what, 37 strikeouts and 16 walks. He's done a great job on the mound. Lucas Gordon, who's the normal Friday night guy, he still has great numbers. He's got a 3-4-8 ERA, 3-1. He's had seven starts. Um, it's been a big push for this Texas pitching staff. So moving forward, and now that we're headed down the stretch run, everybody was talking about Tanner Witt. Yep. I love me some Tanner Witt. I think Tanner Witt's going to be a great pro. Right now, we can't expect Tanner Witt to come in and be the savior. I've said that numerous times, and I saw everybody was real excited about him coming back. I'm excited about him coming back. But he still has to work his way into pitching shape. Hmm. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, and I kept saying, you know, the guy that everybody wants to talk about is the Horton kid from from, uh, Oklahoma who had this great run and this great finish. Well, he started – pitching earlier than what Tanner Witt did when he came back from his Tommy John. He also was playing the field as well. He was playing some third base. He was getting some times at the plate. He was getting himself engaged into the ball game so he wasn't rushing himself on the mound. I thought he did a great job. I thought Coach Johnson did a great job. And I still think Tanner Witt's going to be some sort of part of the success of this Texas baseball team. He's one of my okay. favorite players, and I've been pulling for this guy to get back on to mm-hmm. the field. But there's still time. So LeBaron Johnson stepping in and being able to deliver 
that knockout punch this past weekend was huge for Texas baseball. It was huge for for uh, LeBaron, and it was huge jump for that staff because not only did he go seven innings, he relieved some of those guys from having to come in and pitch during that time. And that's a major part that I don't think a lot of people are looking into mm. as well. For him to come in there and eat up seven innings, that's huge because yeah. when you're playing like this and you're trying to find that win – and all of these wins, and you're trying to string them together. This is the time where your baseball team has to be hot. They have to get hot at the right time and leading mm-hmm. into this moment. This is the time. So tonight's game against UTA, just so everybody understands what's going on. West Virginia, who is leading the Big 12, they are leading with the Big 12 record of 13-5. and Oklahoma State is 11-7. and K-State is 11 and 7 hmm. and Texas is 12 and 9. So they're still right in there. that window. Yeah. They're still in that window and West Virginia has a big series coming up that will be able to put them up against it. This week they have to play uh Pitt what's today? The 10th? Is that, no, no, the 9th. So tomorrow ninth. they play 10th. Uh, they play Pitt and then they play Texas Tech. They have a three-game set with Texas Tech, and then they finish it with Texas. So this hmm. is the time where you're actually going to be pulling for Texas Tech, folks, coming up this weekend. Oh. You're going to have to root for Texas Tech That's as hard long for as long one fans, and man. Texas as a non-conference opponent in San Jose State. So this week, hmm. Texas is playing a non-conference opponent. San Jose State comes into town, and then they host. West Virginia wow. here at home. So this is a big week for Texas. Not only, you know, you got to have these types of wins too for your RPI and your resume. You yep. just need to go out there and get some wins. But it also is giving you that primer for next weekend where all eyes will be on Austin, Texas, as it should be. The all eyes right. of Texas are upon you, <laughs> uh, as it should be, in a big series with West Virginia. So this is going to be a big run, and the reason why I brought up LeBaron Johnson is because he's going to be a big major part of the success because we already know what we expect from Lucas Gordon. Yes, it's been one of those things where Texas hadn't been scoring a lot of runs for him, and he's had a couple shaky outings, but you know crunch time, he's going to be ready to go. He'll be ready to go on Friday. Tonight we've got Hurley going for the Texas Longhorns, and he's going to need to go out there and pitch well. But I'm excited for this because when it comes down for Texas baseball, this is what you expect to see anyway. Yep, You expect this, and this is what you come to the University of Texas mm-hmm. for, these types of situations. Uh, you want to close out. You want to win the Big 12, but you also want to make sure that you have a good seating when it comes time for you to play in the Big 12 tournament as well. Yeah. So this is a big weekend. Uh, make sure you get over to the dish and go out and support these guys. School is out. School so those is guys, out. So those guys are, are now just working on baseball, mm-hmm. and some of those guys graduated. Shout out to my man Cameron Rupp, who finally graduated this that. weekend. Congratulations. So, and a lot of time. those guys didn't get a chance to walk because mm-hmm. they were on the road, but they did a little ceremony for them on the road at Lawrence, Kansas. So kudos to him on the coaching staff, but most importantly, kudos to those guys that are fighting for that Big 12 championship and that opportunity to have a better seating when you do get a chance to go to Arlington here at the end of, in two weeks. Yeah. In two weeks. Um, trying to peak at the right time. Got to peak at the right time. And shout out to my man, Dylan Campbell. We talked about it earlier, but for him to be in the record books as the 
guy with the longest hitting streak at the University of Texas. It's crazy. That is huge. Like I, I, I'm, just, I'm just surprised that it was a 15-year-old record mm-hmm. when he said it. Um, but you're talking about all the all-time greats that have played at the University of Texas players for who've been here. I'm talking yeah. about some of the best yeah. players in the history of college baseball, period. Yes. Not just at Texas, and yet this young man can brag about having that all-time uh, hit sh- that streak. Oh, my uh, goodness. Record. That's unbelievable. It Consecutive is unbelievable. Game. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, so there you go, uh, my man Harage, giving you a little bit of a hardball because he is hardball. Also, speaking of hardball, he's going to be leaving soon because he's going to help Texas, uh, help my man Craig Way call That's the right. Texas UTA game tonight. Uh, we'll be off early at 6.15, speaking of Texas baseball. We come back. Uh, it is top of the charts Tuesday, which is fitting because a lot of these artists reached the top of the Billboard charts. The ACL lineup has Ooh. been revealed, gentlemen. We got to go through it. We'll go through it a little bit and also get into some off-the-record stuff on Off the Record right here on Ball Don't Lie, one down the horn. D.D. Mega Doo-Doo, I'm sorry, Mangoodoo. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Deli Cat Essen. Well, well, I don't get a brain to head comb. Well, congratulations. Continue good sex in, the, good sex in the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn. Time for another edition of Off the Record. And uh, actually just wanted to get to the AC, uh, the ACL Music Festival uh, lineup, which has been revealed. It was revealed earlier today. Um, all right, Patrick, here are the headliners. You ready for this? You're a music guy. So you let me know if this tickles your fancy. All right. Kendrick Lamar? No, no, no. Nothing? No. Really? No, it's past when I stopped caring about new music. Ah, yeah. Kendrick Lamar. He, he's good. He's talented. He's it's really just not. It's not my. It's not. And he's very. Uh, he's very artistic. So there's a lot of performance art in his. Yeah. Uh, like on stage. No, live like shows. I, I, it's good. What he yeah. does is good you just say, stuff. Like, for you it's just not. It doesn't. It doesn't yeah. move me. It doesn't <laughs> yeah. do anything for me. I'm trying to move you, Patrick. I want. You, I want you to be moved here. All right, Foo Fighters. Is yeah, love the Foo Fighters. Love the Foo awesome. Fighters. Okay. Uh, Mumford and Sons. No, not at all. I think my wife went to a Mumford and Sons show. I swear she told me that one time. Uh, like one day she was like, Oh my girls are going to Mumford and Sons and I was like, What? No. I had to look it up. I, I know and I know there's, yeah, a, yeah. there's they, a lot of people that like Mumford and Sons. That, that's but a, that's I a, a genre unfamiliar. of music that is very far off of what I listen to. Is it folk? It's kinda of like folk and then they try and get it like but it's a little bit the poppier. Folk fusion, like a folk fusion. Yeah, kind the, of thing. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I no, I, I looked it up at the time. This was years ago, and I was like, Man, you it's one of those this is one of those moments where you realize you don't know. You've been with a person for a while, but you don't really know them as well as you think yeah. you do. You're like, oh, we're going to Mumford & Sons. I'm really excited. Like, you like Mumford? What? That's like you get in the car and someone's <laughs> radio's playing. You're like, what are you listening to? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You right. have this whole CD? This, exactly. Yes. <laughs> You're like, I, I haven't known you forever. I, I found it out about Patrick when I found out you went... Par- where did you go? Par- paragliding through paragliding the Swiss through Alps. Paragliding through the Swiss Alps, and you casually threw it out there. I'm like, <laughs> you went paragliding through the Swiss Alps. Did you it never once, dropped that bomb did it once on 20 us? years ago. Still, that's crazy. But there you go. That's one of those moments when she said that to me. Uh, okay, uh, I'm going to get this name wrong. It's, Od- it's like the Odessa? City. It's Odessa. Is it Odessa? Basically, it's a no, But no, no, that's nothing for me. I don't even, I'm not going to lie to you. Totally uh, ignorant to Odessa. I apologize. And that's big time. So I should definitely Google that. The Lumineers. I know them. 
Yeah, they're getting play? that. No, not that. Nothing. No, man, you are just. Uh, you obviously. What's the last ACL fest you went to? When I got used... paid to go. So you were working it. I was working. Oh, okay. for the radio station. I was. I was paid to go, and as soon as they said they cut me loose, I went home. I'm not a <laughs> festival person. I am not a festival person. I don't, I'm not a live music person, even though I get it. It's yeah. just not really my thing. But I understand why people love it. I've seen. I've seen some live shows. Just saying, I'm not opposed to it, but I don't seek it out necessarily. Yeah, no, like that. I've never. Well, because here's the thing. Uh, I, I'm not saying that I enjoy indulging in any activities, but I don't like doing it in mass public. Oh. And that is what a lot of festivals are, a place to do drugs in public. Like a place where you're like, hey, they're going to be cool music and we're all doing it. We can just hang out. It'll be fun. And so a lot of people really like music festivals for that reason. I do not like to indulge that way. Mm. So I, for me, I'm like, man, $40 beers to be hot and barely see a show from way in the back because I'm not going to go through people. That's crazy. That's, then, that's that's fair. So it's just not for me. I know a lot of people who love it, and and, and God bless them, but not I, for me. I think it's a phase for a lot of people too. It's a yeah. phase thing, you know. what I mean, like you have your phase where you want to go to festivals and you want to do that type of stuff. Yeah. All right, and enjoy yourself. But and, and and I think yeah, I'm phased out of that. Like I don't like to go to live shows, but I know a lot of people still do, even though they're yeah. Old like and they still I, have to I go. go to, one of the reasons I love local music is I like going to shows at smaller places where yeah. it's like okay, I know the bartender, and I can hang out at the bar, and you do that, and you talk to band up, yeah. And everything's fun and it's a lot anti smaller. Festival, not anti live show. Yes, but festival. I like I I'm a, I don't the big things like I don't know go to Stubbs as much as I used to. I don't go to like the bigger shows as much as I used to You're either. Just getting old, Patrick. Exactly. You're just old and crotchety yep. now. That's what that I, means. I've done, I've done it. I don't need <laughs> um, to do it again. Exactly. Uh, Shania Twain. I don't know. Yeah, doesn't uh, do one weekend weekend one only. It says that actually though. So Shania too yes. big time to do multiple well, they, weekends at ACL. She's got other stuff going on. Yeah, she's got to hit bad, hit the road again. And Alanis Morissette. Nothing? No, I mean, I, she, she's cool. I, I liked her yet? when I was in high school. No. <laughs> You're just aging everybody here. Um, 19- well, that's when Jagged Little Pill came out, and everybody had that. Uh, like, that oh, was sure. one of those records back in the day that, like, in the late 90s, early 2000s, I guess, was when it was. Late 90s, I think. When uh, it was everybody had, like, everyone at school had that, like, had that CD. Except for Rod B. Yeah. Well, I was in a different school than you were, Rod. <laughs> Everyone at the school I was at had it. I was a little, I'm older too, so like a different phase. Uh, yeah. 1975 uh, weekend two only. Yes, unfamiliar with 1975. Uh, they have a couple songs that are okay. Okay, they're a little too pop rocky for me. Like, cause they're they're good, but it's just a little too clean. I prefer my rock a little dirtier, but they're good. Ah, you like your rock a little dirtier. That's yeah. a nice, that's a music snob comment there. I like that. Um, uh, Hoser is it Hoser? Hosier. Hosier. Hoser. Um, I, I am. I, I've I've heard of this person, and I'm. I know they're really talented. Is that the take me to church guy? I think. Oh, I think you're right. That, man, you are a music guy. I believe you. Is that is that the that. one? Because I like that song. I do like that's that a song. good song. That is a good song. Uh, and then there's, uh, obviously there's a ton of other bands, but those are the marquee headliners for ACL, and that did nothing for you, Patrick. No, nothing for well, you. I mean you could have had. There's been bands that I really like and want to see, and I'm still Kendrick not Lamar, getting. I will admit, it's the only one that. Yeah, I really be. Interested. I guess Foo Fighters, you should right is in Foo Fighters still. Oh uh, yeah, they've done it multiple times. They've presence. done it multiple. No, I. But that's the thing. It's like I would see Foo Fighters if I had super VIP and I could roll up directly to there and go in the VIP and get to see. I don't have that, and I don't need to have it, so I don't worry about it. Yeah, but I'm are, not. I'm not going to see it in a massive. Those are my two. Those are the only two that I was like, you know what, actually. That does something for me. That moved me a little bit. Kendrick Lamar and Foo Fighters. So there's your ACL lineup. Uh, ACL happening October 
uh, 6th through the 8th and 13th through the 15th. There you go. So, yeah, plan accordingly. Austinites. All right, plan, come, plan accordingly to stay away from the, that area. Yeah, the traffic Mageddon that yes. is uh, inevitable when ACL. And then you have, is there a football game? Have we, do we have, I know you got, you got Texas OU one of those weekends. I haven't looked at it. Texas OU no. is always one of those ACL weekends. We just don't know which one, which is a great way to time it out. And I'm not sure about the other weekend. Maybe that's a bye or maybe that's a away game or something like that. I believe I, it is a bye, yes. Is it really? Yeah, I think we have Oklahoma oh. weekend one and then weekend two is a bye week, yeah. Wow, good job. Whoever planned, whoever was able to get that. Yeah, and then we're, we're at Houston the following week too. That's so, pretty cool. So we, are, we, we have a wide berth of ACL fest. I love that. Uh, that is fantastic. All right, yeah. There you go. So you won't have as much of a traffic mageddon uh, when ACL's in town because Texas football will be either be out of town or have the week off. All right, speaking of Texas football, we get back to that conversation at the top of the 6 o'clock. We're off early for Texas baseball at 6.15. Craig Way, the voice of the Longhorns, on the call there uh, with my man uh, Hardball Harge as well. But that'll be at 6.15. In the meantime, we come back. We talk NBA playoffs. The Lakers up 3-1 on the Warriors. We'll uh, discuss and review uh, Game 4. Also talk about the Heat beat the Knicks and preview the matchups tonight right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn.